Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Thank you for joining us this week for, I hope, another interesting topic in the multifamily real estate investing space, and that is a diversified multifamily portfolio. We know that adding multifamily to your investment portfolio is a great way to diversify your overall investment strategy. How can you build a diversified portfolio within multifamily? That's what we want to talk about today, and we're going to get right to it. But first, if you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Please swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Lots of great content there. We still have a few spots in our uh, latest uh, webinar, which is Multifamily Real Estate 101, coming up on the 6th of October. So if you have not registered, as I said, there's a few spots left. Please uh, go and avail yourself of that opportunity. And you can get all of that at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. All right. Many of you are passive investors. Uh, some of you are clients of ours. You're invested in some of our, our products, whether it's the total return fund or some of our individual syndications. And uh, some of you are passive investors that are invested with other sponsors. And there are many of you out there that are building your own multifamily portfolios out of residential size properties, duplexes and fourplexes and the like, or may have investments where you've pooled with other folks and you've, you've purchased a 20-unit property or a 40-unit property. Uh, all of those are fantastic ways to diversify your overall investment portfolio by adding multifamily. How, once you've decided to invest in multifamily, could you diversify within the multifamily space? Uh, and does that make sense? Well, the does it make sense is something I'm going to leave to each of you. I'll provide some thoughts along the way as we talk about some different tools you could use to create that diversification. Uh, but there are many ways that you can play in the multifamily space. It doesn't all have to be Class B, value-add, growth markets, light uh, value-add, performing assets, low risk, which is the play that we make. Uh, we advocate for that, and that's what we focus on. But there are other ways to invest in multifamily that could potentially add some diversification to your portfolio. And so I want to talk about those a little bit. We're going to start with geography. Very natural, makes a lot of sense, and that would simply be to have your money invested in multifamily properties that are in multiple markets, ideally in multiple non-correlated markets. So what I mean by that is investing in markets that are not just sisters of each other, for example, investing in Minneapolis uh, and in St. Paul, and I'm not terribly familiar with either of those wonderful communities, but uh, they're, uh, they're called the Twin Cities, right, for a reason. So you're kind of investing in the same place. In Texas, it would be like investing in the Dallas side of the Metroplex and the Fort Worth side of the Metroplex and considering that diversified. 
There's some diversification in both of those examples, but not the same as, for example, having some money in Dallas and having some money in San Antonio and maybe having some money in uh, Raleigh or having some money in Atlanta, right? Um, those are markets that are going to operate somewhat independent of each other. We're still going to encourage everyone to pick markets based on some really intelligent criteria. We have 17 different criteria we use for market selection. Uh, but you're going to want to invest in markets that are uh, growing and stronger than the U.S. average, that have solid uh, economies in terms of uh, diversity, right? So multiple employment sectors that they draw from that have population growth and job growth and income growth and reasonable regulation and all sorts of other factors. Uh, but when you get that list pulled together, as we do annually, you're going to find there's 20, 25, 30 markets that probably make that list. That's what happens with us every year. So there's lots of places to invest, and that's why we have about 13 markets on our list that we potentially uh, will invest in when we are working on a new acquisition. So when you're looking at where to invest your dollars, if you like a market, let's say that you really like Phoenix. Um, well, you could invest your money buying properties in Phoenix, whether it's in your residential size portfolio or through a passive investment. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. We think multifamily is a great place to invest, and there's a lot of strength that you'll get from that. You could get some diversification in your multifamily portfolio if instead of having 100% in Phoenix, you had some percentage in Phoenix and some percentage in Houston or Dallas or uh, Atlanta or some other market that might meet those same kind of criteria. So geography would be one of the places to diversify, and it's one of the things that we do in terms of diversifying, for example, our fund portfolio. All right, next, and, and this, these next groups are ones that are going to diverge a little bit from what we focus on. So the next would be class. We love Class B, the Goldilocks class. Uh, we think there's a lot of value being invested in that class. Obviously, there are other classes inside multifamily. There's Class A properties and there's Class C properties, and they have different um, performance metrics, different ways in which they perform that are different than Bs, right? Whether they're more equity-oriented or more uh, cash-oriented, uh, you know, the kinds of uh, costs of acquisition and costs of operation, uh, the tenant bases that they're going to draw from, and therefore uh, the inherent stability of them, they're all going to be a little bit uh, different. There are probably firms you could find that will have a portfolio that includes some A and some B and some C. I would suggest that if that's diversification you're looking for, if you're looking, uh, maybe you already work with us, for example, so you've got some Class B and you want to have some Class A, I would encourage you to go find someone who does Class A work, that that's what they focus on, as opposed to someone that tries to manage across all of them. Uh, I don't think that's an impossible skill set to build, to be able to perform well in all those different classes. I do think it's... Uh, there's less risk if you're working with a firm that's focused just on that. So if you were to shoot me an email and say, that sounds great, Pat, 
pardon me, how do I get in on one of your Class A investments? I'd say, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you've made a decision to move in that direction. Uh, I'd be happy to make some recommendations in terms of some folks you might reach out to to learn more about Class A. We don't focus on Class A. Uh, our energies are focused on Bs. And we, th we think there's a lot of intelligence in doing that in terms of risk management. But if you wanted some diversification along class, uh, you could absolutely do that. And again, I would encourage you to find folks that focus on those particular areas. Um, the next would be um, sort of the description of the asset itself, right? So we focus on what we would call a light value add property. So this is a property that is a performing asset. It's, it's doing well right now. It's in the 90s in terms of occupancy. It's a good, healthy asset. And there's an opportunity to put some money into it and move the rents. Maybe 10%, 15%, 20% on the high end. That's kind of what we describe as this light value-add, value-add kind of property. And we think that's a really smart investment. It has a nice blend of return as well as uh, moderate uh, risk exposure. But there are other types of properties out there in, again, in that Class B space. One of them we would call a momentum play. Uh, and a momentum play is going to be an asset that essentially has already done all the value-add work. And that doesn't mean there's not a few little things you could do along the edges, but for the most part, it's a property that's been fully improved it's in the market. There may be some opportunity to move rents. Maybe the current owner hasn't moved the rents as aggressively as they could have. And in this particular environment, uh, in the, the COVID world with uh, all of us very focused on occupancy and collections, uh, it's very likely that there's some rent growth on the table when we get on the other side of whatever we want to call all this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, so you could find uh, an investment in a momentum property. It's going to have a different kind of return profile associated uh, with it. And uh, it's probably going to sell for a higher price relative to NOI uh, because there's a lot of money someone's just invested that they're going to feel a need to get back. Um, and... Um, for people that are selling, right, this is one of the things we keep in mind. When we look to sell, there's not quite as many people chasing momentum deals, so the pricing can also be a little softer. Um, so those two might sound contradictory, but from the standpoint of someone that's improving properties, we don't ever like to fully improve them. We like to leave some room for the next person. But there are properties that are fully improved, and adding a momentum property uh, could add a different bit of a flavor to your personal portfolio. Uh, you could do a rehab. So I mentioned uh, performing assets. That's what we like. So 90% plus occupancy uh, with an opportunity to move rents 10, 15, 20%. Well, what about an asset that is 70% um, occupied or 65% occupied? Uh, and, and that's effective occupancy, right? So it could be that it's physically occupied 80%, but 10% of the tenants aren't paying any rent. Uh, so it really needs an overhaul, a rehab, and a substantial investment per door. 
not five or 10,000, but maybe 15,000 or $20,000 a door. And there's an opportunity for some real upside associated with this. Those are not gonna fit the risk profile we look at, but they, they can be very good multifamily investments. If you're investing the right kinds of dollars, that's one thing we always encourage folks to think about is every dollar in your investment um, pocket isn't the same as every other. Some of your dollars are long-term dollars to be protected with the expectation that they'll perform over time and when you need them in the future, they will be there. That's the kind of money we think fits in uh, a Goldilocks Class B light value add performing asset kind of investment. Uh, but some of that money uh, you may want to be a little more aggressive with. You may have some dollars in your investment portfolio that you want to put to work where you're willing to accept some higher risk. And some of these kinds of investments could fit there. So you could look at some rehab investments. And again, they could be Class B, but they could also be a C uh, or, or even an A, although it's more likely it would be in the B and C category. Another place to look if you're looking to add some diversification to your multifamily space, so you're in a lot of different pieces of it, would be new development. And again, this area and all of these areas, I would encourage you to look for specialists absolutely with new development. Uh, new development is a high-risk, uh, challenging piece of work. Uh, it is almost exclusively in the A space right now. Uh, there is some Class B development that goes on. It tends to have a lot of government uh, support in terms of either tax breaks or uh, outright government investment or other sorts of things that go with it and a bunch of strings that get attached uh, because of those uh, items. Uh, so new development can be a great addition. Again, very similar to a rehab project. It's going to be a higher risk investment. Uh, and needs to be thought of that way. So if, if one was building a multifamily portfolio, the foundation of that portfolio might be the kinds of properties we espouse, the class B performing value add, uh, you know, kind of boring gingerbread kinds of assets. But then you could have some assets that might be momentum plays and that might be some new development and that might be some rehab projects. Uh, sprinkled on top of those and collectively uh, have a very interesting multifamily portfolio that could perform across the board. Now, as I said, I, there may be someone out there, and I don't spend a lot of time hunting around looking at what other sponsors are putting together. Uh, it's a big space. It would be foolish to suggest nobody's doing this, but there might be someone out there that actually has a package with all of this in it. Um, where they dabble in a lot of it. I would again encourage you, if you're gonna look at making investments in this space with sponsors, that you find sponsors that focus on that particular item. If you're thinking of doing this on your own, then I would absolutely encourage you to find mentors or others that can help you that are familiar with that kind of work. So if you own a fourplex and you're thinking about maybe going and buying some duplexes that are, you know, non-operational, right? They've been vacated. They're, they're almost flip-like properties. 
uh, and you've got to go in and put a lot of money into them to get them uh, back and operational and you might keep them or you might sell them after you've done that. And at the same time, there's some raw land that you've identified where you could build uh, you know, a little 12 unit property. Um, all of those sound great and they take different skill sets. Uh, so if you're gonna do that yourself, I would absolutely encourage you to find folks that have expertise doing that work and seek out their assistance and their guidance. And if you're looking to make passive investments, again, find someone that knows that uh, particular space. The final uh, piece that I put on my little list here of how to diversify in multifamily is around quantity. And by that I mean the size of the individual assets. If you're at all familiar with our, with our podcast here, uh, you know that we are, uh, that we really like a certain size of assets. Somewhere around 100 units, it starts to become an asset that makes a lot of sense to invest in from a scale standpoint, up to about three or 400. And that doesn't mean there's not scale above that. It's just there's some competitive issues that begin to come into the marketplace when you begin to go after very large assets. So 100 to 300 is kind of the sweet spot. Uh, we're in the process of closing on a deal. It's pretty close to that 300 end. Uh, we're actually selling a, a property that's uh, 400, uh, which the largest asset we've had in the portfolio. Uh, and we're out shopping for another one that's in the 200s right now. So uh, we think though that's a really good size. Um, but you could diversify from a size standpoint as well, right? You might find... Uh, a group like us that focuses on the space I just described, uh, you might find another sponsor who's focused on very large properties. Uh, that's going to have an impact on what their return profile looks like, like I said, because of the competitive space there. But you might find someone that is actively seeking 500, 800,000 unit uh, properties. Uh, and conversely, there may be someone out there that's offering an investments either in individual assets or in portfolios of 40 plexes, which uh, I think 40 plexes are phenomenal. If you're going to own an asset on your own, uh, a 40 plex uh, might very well be the pinnacle of what you would what you would get to, and and you would be very actively involved in management. And that's the real key is uh, properties below 100 are very difficult to manage with. Uh, with independent management, uh, which means you've really got to do it yourself. So a 40-unit property, uh, in our experience, is one that takes an awful lot of owner involvement uh, and can be very satisfying uh, from that standpoint. Um, but I think harder to find sponsors that focus on that particular um, space. Um, so in summary, there are absolutely ways that you can diversify your multifamily portfolio. You can do it without adding any risk and with and actually decreasing risk by focus on, on things like geography. Any of the other factors that I described, so the class of the asset or its uh, value add or rehab or momentum status or the size of it, all of those factors change the risk profile and should be looked at in a way that they're really a different kind of investment and need a specific skill set focused on being able to do that well. Um, so as I said, if you're interested in learning more about rehab or um, new development, 
uh, shoot me an email. I'm happy to chat with you about it and send you towards some folks that might be able to uh, assist you. That's not something we focus on. We, we are not experts in that area. If you are not in multifamily yet and are looking for the first place to start and you want to build a diversified multifamily portfolio, I would encourage you, whether you work with us or someone else, I would encourage you to start with that foundational piece, the class B light value add performing asset in a growth market. Uh, those are good assets to start with to get your feet wet. And then after you learn more about how multifamily operates and you want to add to that position, you'll be in a, a better position, a more educated position to make a decision about whether or not you want to add some of these other categories or you simply want to expand and maybe add some geographic uh, diversity to your uh, portfolio. Don't forget to swing by the Learning Center and register for Multifamily Real Estate 101 coming up on the 6th. If you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Thank you as always, and join us next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.